Ujjayi, and welcome to the Get It Gates podcast. We're here again with another episode. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We know you guys could be doing anything else, but yet, here you are tuning in. We appreciate you guys. Uh, before we get started, we'd like to take the time to really acknowledge the the spiritual side of ourselves and the spiritual side of this work and the spiritual side of everything that allows us to be able to uh, to bring this to bring this show to you guys. So we'd like to acknowledge all the ancestors standing behind this great work, all the the deities that are standing behind this great work, all the powers of nature, everything that's standing behind this work, uh, and particularly the founder of the Earth Center, Nabnabala Musa Moradinabig, as the the founder of the Earth Center, our master that allowed us to have a way back into the traditions, and all the great ancestors that have you know. Uh, sacrificed their lives and became great ancestors so that we were able to benefit from this work and find ways back into this uh, this amazing and ingenious uh, uh, set of knowledge. And uh, before we get started into doing who we are, because we do that all the time, uh, a word from our sponsor, Sauce Hot Sauce. Sauce Hot Sauce began in 2007 when a small group of students traveling in West Africa were trying to think of ways to support charitable projects. One of the students traveling happened to be an artisanal hot sauce chef, and right there, Sauce Hot Sauce was born. Since then, Sauce Hot Sauce has prided itself on making exceptional artesian hot sauces with high-quality ingredients to support good causes. We continue to do this with the best and tastiest offerings of sauce flavors to date, with a focus on supporting displaced families in the Fada and Gurma region of Burkina Faso with the revenue from our sales. Shout out to Sauce Hot Sauce. Uh, it's wonderful. It's tasty. You could be eating a very bland meal. You use Sauce Hot Sauce. It'll spruce it up. Bring you right up to par. You won't even notice that there's no spices. You go visit your in-laws. You don't like what they're cooking. Keep a bottle of sauce, hot sauce in your po in your pocket, in your purse, in your knapsack, in your merce. If you're like this guy and you got a merce, whatever it is, keep it on you. Keep it ready and locked and loaded. Get you some sauce, hot sauce. You sound like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't try to put me out there like that. You can't prove it. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, my name is Tatip okay. Samahekwin Amir. I am your host, and I'm here with my co-host. Kajiz Riemann Psychopter. And we have... Teddy Shatmahekwin. And... Uh, before we get started, there's just a few things I really want to shout out in terms of events. Like uh, this weekend, we will be at the International African Arts Festival in Brooklyn. So we'll be there starting tomorrow all weekend till the 4th, right? So we're going to be doing a lot of content. We're going to be doing a lot of things. We're going to do a lot of giveaways. We're going to be out there repping hard. So if you are in the tri-state area and you're coming, to the, you're coming to the International African Arts Festival, please come check us out. Please come visit. Please come say hello. Uh, please come see us. There's a lot of stuff we're going to be doing. We're going to be shooting a lot of things. We're going to be giving away a lot of stuff. So if you haven't come to see us when we're out vending at these kind of events, you know, we go hard. And, you know, you can really come and check us out and talk to us and connect with us. Uh, and um, we also have an event uh, for anybody that's in uh, New York City or is going to be in the New York City area. We have an event. Uh, we're going to be doing some Katibi in Central Park. And that's going to be uh, on the 9th uh, from 1 to 3. 
and you can enter through West 67th Street, West of uh, West, sorry, West of Sheep's Meadow. Uh, please check it out. You can find the Eventbrite, and uh, you can RSVP or you can just show up. Just bring your mat. We're going to be doing Katibi in the park. You know, we're going to be doing things like this all the time. Now that the weather is nice, we're going to be out there, you know, representing and doing Katibi and things like that. And we also have a talk coming up on uh, the 15th, The Colors of Colonization. I'll be giving a, a talk uh, on The Colors of Colonization, uh, really the, the origins of why we refer to ourselves as black or why we refer to ourselves as white and all these different, you know, colonial uh, colonial terms that we identify with and then really champion and, you know, uh, start living according to. That's going to be on the 15th. Uh, that's at the Weeksville Heritage Center. So please, if you're in the area and you want to check it out, please check it out. And we have a very special event that weekend, right? That weekend, we have a very special event that is uh, a first time ever, first time ever, Dogon retreat. So what we're going to be doing is there's a lot of people that have been asking us and trying to find out okay, hey, how do I get to how do I get to the pilgrimage, you know, what happens on the pilgrimage? I want to come to the Dogon villages. I want to do this, I want to do that. And for those of you that haven't been able to do that and haven't been able to make it out to our temples in West Africa and know about all the, you know, uh, intricate works that we do and all the intricate temples that we have back home, this is for you. We are going to be bringing our temples to you. We have a temple in upstate New York. And what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to attend a purification retreat. So it's going to be three days, action-packed. There's something for everybody. There's something for the ladies. There's something for the guys. You know, you're going to get the real Dogon experience, spiritual purification. There's going to be talks. There's going to be initiatic knowledge, secret knowledge that we don't release to the public, that we only give within our initiatic circles, within the course of initiation. You're going to be getting a lot, a lot, a lot. You don't want to miss it. You want to be there. If you're in the tri-state area, if you're in America and you even, you got the means, get on a flight, fly ass out to New York City, the New York City area, and get up to Salt Point, New York. That's going to be from the 14th to the 17th. You can check out all of that on dogonwisdom.com. Check it out. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be experience of a lifetime, and it's our first time. So that means that, you know, we're going to go hard because it's the first time we're doing it, which means that, you know, you don't come across the ungrateful, pe the ungrateful people yet. You don't come across those salty ass people that, you know, be saying weird things and doing weird things. So you're going to get it for real, for real in terms of like, you know, the purest form, the purest way in terms of, you know, the the events when we do it. So check it out. There's a lot of stuff uh, going on. So please. And also uh, there's one more. The, we have the Go Africa Carnival we'll be vending at on the 15th. Uh, so if you can't make it to one of those events, you can check that out. And that'll be in, uh, in Harlem on 116th Street. So I think I just talked like nonstop for a few minutes and it didn't even feel like it. But that's cool. Uh, we're going to hop right into rapid fire without further ado. So we will pass it to our producer. Tutanen Hekwapti, uh, here once again with the current events, the news, 
the the chaos of the modern world and the first article I want to bring up is South Korea makes school exams easier to boost fertility rates. Huh? Can we wait, can we have more context? Yeah, definitely. I have a lot for this one. So <laughs> <laughs> President Yoon of South Korea. Basically, you got to be dumb in order to reproduce. Essentially, um, the tests were made so hard that people didn't want to give birth because it cost too much money to prepare their children to pass these tests. What? And you know how it is with like if you, if you don't have a certain you know academic you know uh, score, then you can't get access to an education, then you can't get jobs, and then you're now you're in poverty. This is in Korea, right? South Korea, yes. Mm. So now um, he's saying that. The test cannot contain questions that aren't in the in the actual public school curriculum, because they would include questions that weren't in in school, to see like are, are you keeping up with the global trends? Are you keeping up with what's going on in the world? And so people would pay upwards to three hundred dollars in our money per month. Now even it's rising every year now, to train their students to train their kids for these tests. Um, it's called crammers. And some crammers make so much money, they're making up to $7 million in American dollars per year it's tutoring students for these tests. I so the industry the is going... Profession. Where do I sign yeah, up? Yeah, where do I sign <laughs> up? <laughs> do they need English teachers? Learn the language first, right? But yeah, yeah you oh, know. They yeah, they need language. Yeah. Come on, don't, don't, I mean, so yeah. don't do us like that. Tutankhamun's I mean, like, y'all can't, y'all can't go. I mean, I don't speak English. I talk it, but I'm willing yeah. to teach. I'll teach you English. <laughs> Even though the public schools in America are so bad, I remember when I was in Spanish class in high school, and our Spanish teacher started crying one day because she was like, you guys don't know what verbs are? Because we didn't know what verbs and nouns and pronouns were. Because she was trying to teach us verbs one day. And then we were like, bro, what are you talking about? In and Spanish? Then, in Spanish. And then, because we didn't even understand the concept of verbs, mm -hmm. she started crying. And she was like, I can't believe that this is my job. She's like, why? Like, what are they teaching you guys in English class? And, you know, shout out to the, to the public schools in America. They're terrible. But, you know, shout out. So, well, you know, they're just here to make you a slave in the system. Not yeah. really to educate you. No, but it is what it is. But not. definitely sign me up if they want to learn English, because I'm down for that. $7 million? I need that Bruh. ASAP. <laughs> but the funny thing is about the Korean culture is that they not only, like, when you see, there's a, we, like, we live in a Korean neighborhood, or the temple's in a Korean neighborhood, and uh, I used to work at Samsung, right? And so I've been around, like, the Korean culture, because uh, Samsung's a Korean company. You know they have a city? They have a city, Samsung, the company. Samsung, Samsung as a company is so big, mm -hmm. is ha it has its own military. What? Don't play with yeah. these corporations. Yeah. To defend what? <laughs> the corporation. You said what? Like black ops kind of thing? No, like a military, bro. Like Samsung is so powerful as a company that Samsung, the South Korean government, technically, like has to work with Samsung on anything that it does. Mm -hmm. That's how powerful Samsung is as a company. Don't they actually make some of the weapons for some people? I mean, they make everything. That's the thing is like, don't play, do not play with Asians. Like, don't play with Asians and how they are with culture. Because Asians are, you got to respect, look, man, I saw, um, I saw a stand up the other day. I didn't watch it, but I saw a clip from Jimmy Yang. You guys know who that is? No. You guys seen Silicon Valley? No. It's really good. But anyway, 
there's a Chinese character on there, and he does stand up, and he was talking about how, uh, how the Chinese like when you go to a Chinese restaurant, like the guy that's cooking in the kitchen mm-hmm. is like fresh off the boat, and he's like a Chinese dude, and he doesn't give a shit, and he's just like cooking, 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 and just like the difference between like how the Chinese move and how they function, and. The thing is, is that like what a lot of people don't know is that Asian cultures, right? We know this. Mm-hmm. Asian cultures still have a lot of connection to traditions. And because Asian cultures still have a lot of connections to traditions, they are moving with a lot of modernized uh, ways, mm-hmm. but they're still connected to traditions. It's backed by traditional it's values. It's backed by traditional values. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with, that's why they say the Chinese intelligence agency is the most powerful intelligence agency in the world because every chinese person doesn't look at themselves like a foreigner they look at themselves like chinese first Mm -hmm. so if a chinese intelligence agency goes to a chinese uh citizen that lives in america they will sell out america Mm -hmm. because they are looking at themselves as chinese first Mm -hmm. so yeah don't play with like the way the Asians have a, a dedication to like education and have a dedication to like you know excellency, whereas that here in America is just like you know complete shit show. Yeah, this that's is a the, big this is a big topic. We'll spend all day on this. Yeah. So let's no, let's. No, but it's try to, big because that's the interesting part, which I think a lot of Asians or children of Asians who immigrate here mm-hmm. end up having that identity crisis because you're pushed to focus on your education. You know, to kind of honor the sacrifices that even your parents made to give you that opportunity. But then you end up kind of having that crisis between what you're being taught Mm -hmm. and focusing on that. And then what is your link to your actual culture? You know, and then is there as much focus on that as much as doing well in school and then using that as your ladder to, you know, get everywhere else? So it's almost like maybe the immigrants, the people who are, you know, coming first Maybe they don't have that much of a problem, but then after that, what are the sequences that opens? You know, well, that just shows the power of America, right? Because it's almost like a vacuum. They call it like a melting pot, but like what's really melting in the pot is like you exactly. and your culture. It's yeah. like you come here and then you kind of start to lose yourself because you want to assimilate into how things work here and assimilate into how people move and how people are. So in a sense, you kind of like lose yourself, like you're saying. It's it's just the whirlpool of America, you know. But again, this is a very deep topic, so we should kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, go ahead. The pot is TikTok at this point. Oh, TikTok. The melting pot, yeah. Talking. So, um, once again, we're back at this topic. Toxic smoke from Canada wildfires have come back to New York again. And, you know, in recent days, Chicago has been named the worst city in the world for air quality. So they're saying that it's still continuing, you know, wear masks, you know, this whole thing. Um, thoughts, I mean, we, we, this is the third week in a row that we've discussed the Canada fires, but it keeps showing back up. And first and foremost, can I just say I hate Chicago? Like, I just hate Chicago as a city. <laughs> like, I just, like, I just don't like it. I've spent months of my life there, and I just, I'm trying to figure out, like, I was listening to Kanye West, I was listening to Kanye the other day, right? And I was just like, bro, like, how did you do it? I mean, he was born there. Yeah, I know, but I just was thinking about it, and I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't like Chicago, bro. I don't. 
I mean, and I feel guilty for not liking it because our USA headquarters is in Chicago. Shout out to the Earth Center, Chicago, but not shout out to Chicago as a city. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chicago is a very interesting place. I think out of all the places I've been in America, I would definitely label Chicago as the strangest energetically I've ever been in. Like, it just feels different when I'm there. Like, being at the Earth Center we're is not one even, thing. We're not even talking about what right. they want us to talk about. We're right, just talking right. about our hate from Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. To receive Go ahead. perhaps it's bad karma that they're, they're dealing with. No, I mean, I think America in general is dealing with bad karma. You know like what I don't can't understand? can't just point out Chicago. You know what I don't understand about this smoke thing, though? Because I've heard from people from Canada that the smoke is not even that bad where they're from in Canada. So yeah, I mean, what, what, what does that mean? I don't understand. I mean, so what they're saying that Chicago is getting the brunt of like the bad, the bad air to Tonham? Yeah, apparently, you know, I guess I'm not sure why. Maybe it's like their location to like the Great Lakes or something. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but yeah, they have the worst air quality now in the world. Oh, well, I mean, it's also like a, a dangerous city. Like mm-hmm. the murder, the murder rate is like super high. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something spiritual. Maybe one day Chicago well, will get it together. It's right. a good point that you made about like being energetically weird out there because mm-hmm. the nature is imbalanced or the people don't really know how to actually fit into that or take care of that. Then mm-hmm. now, if bad air quality is the indication you have to look at to see, okay, maybe there's something different we have to look at. Mm-hmm. We have to change the way we're asking our questions. Then, you know, maybe now people are going to wake up or, you know, look at what needs to happen in Chicago differently. Because mm-hmm. it's not just about politics, it's not just about laws and the government. You know, it's about the nature there. It's about how people are living, you know, with that. And then, you know, what are we really doing? Mm-hmm. I knew having Terry Shot on the show, we were always going to get, like, deep, <laughs> intelligent answers. Because I, I was just sitting here thinking, I was like, what I was about to say next was when you look at the mayor that was the mayor of Chicago, like Lori Lightfoot or something like that. I saw something on Instagram the other day and they were talking about how like America is slowly morphing into Gotham City. And then they had like a they had like a picture. Yeah. Like they had a picture of the mayor of Chicago and she was like wearing like what looked like what the mayor of Gotham City would wear. <laughs> and I was just like, it's so true. But, you know, Terry Shot's answer is much better. But <laughs> duality, Terry Shot. Balance is key. Yeah, You're balance. That's what we <laughs> So, um, um, yeah, speaking of out of balance, this microscopic Louis Vuitton bag sells for $63,000. So, a handbag the size of a of a grain of a grain of sand, pretty much. So what can you how, put in it? How? Yeah, yeah what how? do you put in it? How do they make? You can't that? even. Can you even well, see the Louis Vuitton logo? This is you're actual basically, process that's what you're paying for, this. for. Let me see. This is an actual process. Um, let me see here. So they made the bag using. Um, I want out. I'm turning off my mic. Modern. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. It's called <laughs> stereolithographic process commonly used for making tiny mechanical biotech structures. They used it to make a handbag, which sold for $63,000 recently. It's green. It fits, it's like right on your finger. It's like a grain of sand. So fashion is, is taking a turn. I'm, what is even fashion anymore, bro? 
like what is this like I'm, I'm just convinced people are just so bored and miserable with their lives they're finding more and more ways to just do stupidity because like what what else is there you know i saw a video one time of a, um, a guy he supposedly he's a millionaire and he said you know at some point when you make a certain amount of money there's nothing left to buy there's nothing left to do so it's like, it's like, we just got to keep coming up with ways to just distract people and just do bs that's what it is it's a big distraction yeah it don't make no sense because like, everyone's probably having the same reaction we're having right now which is like what you know and then having that same kind of like how how is the world getting to this point right now mm-hmm. and da, da, da. but then it's like what what does that actually do but everyone's going to be talking about it everyone's going to have their reaction and then it's going to be the next thing that comes up that's that ridiculous and then we keep going in those circles yeah vicious cycle and this idea of uh, of novelty, right? If you have something that no one else has, now it's like now it seems valuable because look what I have. I'm the only person in the world who has this microscopic bag, so with no actual value. That's insecurity. Yeah, but you can't prove that you have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's a grain of I got the I got microscopic Louis bag. Like you can't even prove that you have it. So what are you gonna like? You're going to put your finger close to the camera and be like, stunned on you, broke-ass bitches. Like on Instagram, like, what are you going to do? It's madness. It shows what you're even uh, saying, the lack of, uh, of innovation or lack of, of thinking to not be able to spend money in a way that actually has a purpose. So, yeah. Um, next topic. We have Madonna reportedly ho- hospitalized in ICU after she was found unresponsive. So, it seems like she um, now sixty-four years old. Madonna is in currently intensive is in intensive care after a serious bacterial infection. Um, it paused her Celebration World Tour, and you know she's in recovery at the moment. She's still relevant, apparently. Madonna. Madonna. Yes. So I saw the other day that Madonna made her boyfriend sign like a, she has like a twenty-year-old boyfriend or something like that. And she made the boyfriend sign like an NDA about her sex life. Mm-hmm. Like whatever they do sexually. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. If I had a time machine, I'm going back and I like I'm yeah, me and Madonna are, are gonna do it. Yeah, but yeah. that's a time machine. Yeah, like, but like now, now she looks like she looks like, like the saw puppet. Yeah, like, oh like now yeah. she looks like yeah, you look at her and you're like, damn. I mean that guy. Shout out to him because he's definitely yeah. But he's he's on the come up because he's just like a he's like a boxing trainer. So it's like, bro, we all know why you're with Madonna. It's a money, like, money. <laughs> yeah, I mean Madonna. It's Madonna, bro. <laughs> like I heard. Clout. <laughs> yeah, I mean not only clout. Like it just uh, nah. Yeah, that's I, a come I up. I don't care if it's Madonna. You don't get no clouts for touching an old lady like that. Yeah, it's but Madonna, her. Her vagina is probably like so surger so surgically like up to date. Like Madonna Madonna has probably done so many surgeries on her vagina. You saying she makes herself a virgin again every month? Probably, just- <laughs> bro. That it's probably been tightened. Oh, it's probably been like rejuvenated. It's probably been it's probably been so 
through so many surgeries. Bro, it's Madonna, bro. You seen her face? I don't want. You think she's not? She? You think she's not doing those surgeries on her vagina? Like when you look at her face? You're probably right, bro. There's no way Madonna's vagina is not rejuvenated. There's no way. It's, it probably costs the same price as the bag. It's <laughs> like what the Louis Vuitton bag? No. What was the cost of the Louis Vuitton bag? Sixty-two thousand dollars. That the bag is sixty-three thousand. The bag is probably more than that. No, bro. Surgery. Madonna, Madonna, wow. Madonna's probably spent like millions on that vagina. If she's doing it every year, I mean, bro, it's definitely. Madonna, bro. Look at her face, bro. You think somebody like Madonna is not gonna do surgery on her vagina? Well, I know she is. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. Y'all spend some time thinking huh? about this. It's, yeah, it's Madonna. <laughs> look at look at look at her niece. She's looking at us like, "What's wrong with y'all?" <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> how did it, how did she? All right. Next, how did it yeah, whatever. I, I, I hope she gets well soon. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's in the hospital. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so next topic. Um, more than 100 U.S. political elites have family links to slavery. So five living presidents, two Supreme Court justices, 11 governors, and 110 legislators have had direct ancestors that were slave owners. Um, Isn't that like all of the white, majority of the white people in America? I mean, yeah. But <laughs> Is that I mean, really a surprise? Yeah. All, all living presidents except for Donald Trump has had descendants a word? of slave hands. Shout out to Donald Trump. How ironic. Trump 2024, <laughs> baby. We in there. Obama is not exempt from that list. Oh. Bom, but Obama, bom, I, thought, I thought his father was Kenyan. But his mother's side. His mother. Oh, you know. mom's side. You know, mm. they all, you know they all related. Yeah, I mean, well, it's like a club. You're either yeah. in it or you're not, except yeah. for Donald Trump. Bum, bum, bum. You know what's funny is I saw I saw something the other day, and I was like, man. I was like, that's kind of true, man. That's kind of true. Is they said that the last president that was anti-establishment, that all the intelligence agencies were trying to take down, and all like the, the military, like all the powerful forces within the United States government didn't like mm -hmm. and was trying to take down and they succeeded in it was JFK. Mm -hmm. And they said, who is, the la who is a president that is getting attacked by all of these same institutions? Mm -hmm. Donald Trump. All I'm saying is, I don't know where you fall politically mm -hmm. or where you lean politically, but when it comes to like anti-system, anti-institution, hey man, Donald Trump's up there. I'm not saying I agree with everything he does. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I agree with everything he says, but I think that he is like the closest thing to JFK when it comes to going against like the military industrial complex, mm -hmm. when it goes against like what the CIA wants to do, what all these intelligence agencies want to do, all that kind of stuff. Because when you look at the way that they're attacking him, the only reason they would be attacking him and the establishments mm -hmm. and the corrupt, all the corrupt politicians and all the, all the aspects that are really a part of the system, why they would be attacking Donald Trump is because he doesn't, he's not down with y'all. He's not rocking with y'all. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying any of the, like, there's no way in hell I'm going to be storming the Capitol. <laughs> there's no way in hell I'm going to be out here on some QAnon shit and out here like, Trump is the only God. God bless, God bless Trump. 
and Jesus is the reincarnation of Trump. You, you know, you know his nickname, right? No, the Great White Hope. Really? <laughs> Only by you or no, like who? By, no, like, not by me. People. Oh, really? I've heard a lot of people they call say him that. the Great White Hope. Yeah. yeah, but that was supposed to be like a, a white boxer, like when they would, when they would be able to like stand up to like the dominating black boxers. Oh, so really? now they're saying like the Great White. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, why? I didn't you know that? Because I just didn't know that. Yeah, but know. you know that Donald Trump is a great. You guys know that you didn't know that either. Yeah, you you never know anything pop culture related. <laughs> oh my gosh. But like, that's not yeah, pop culture. Yeah, that's politics. That, it, what the Great White? <laughs> the, you guys have never heard oh, of the Great White Hope? No, 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 no. But yeah, I know that's, that yeah. they called. See, Titana's over here. Like, yeah, you guys, you guys never seen that movie, The Great White Hype? No. no. It's about how they try and make the next Great White Hope, because Jack Johnson. This is historical, like mm-hmm. right. So Jack Johnson would beat the brakes off of all the white boxers, and he would he would fuck white women. Mm-hmm. So because he was he was beating the brakes off of all the white boxers, and he had white girlfriends, they were like, "We've got to put a stop to this," because this is like in the early 1900s, right? Clearly. So they were like, "What can we do?" And then they were like, "We have to come up with." a white boxer to come up against Jack Johnson. And that's where the great white hype, the great white hope comes from is because white people here are like, yes, get him, get him. And that's where it came from. So, you know, I don't know if you can call Trump the great white hope, but that's what what people have called him. I'm not saying that's what we call it. That's a nickname that was given to him. But I think it's interesting though. They're trying to tell us to wrap it up. So just make your point. I just think it's interesting because we're not at all political, but I find that most black people or people of so-called color tend to swing to the Democratic parties, right? Why? The Democrats suck. Right. Democrats are actually the ones who actually own slaves and all that, right? they're trying to turn your children into transgenders. Right. Exactly. But most of the values that people have, people of color have, are in alignment with what Trump is saying and what Trump is doing. But for some reason, because of the media, they all hate Trump, but they love Joe Biden. I mean, that's like the evil that's, genius bruh. of it. You're just triggered. You're just <laughs> yeah. triggered automatically by the word Trump, and then you, your mind can't go any farther than that. That's like the evil genius of all of this. It's like Voldemort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, he he shall not be named. <laughs> it's an evil world we live in. All right. <laughs> Okay. Uh, people are probably tuning in like, what is this episode of Gate of Gates? <laughs> so we have um, two alien-related articles. Alien? Aliens, once again. On, this man. is a new, the new yeah. PSYOP or a distraction, but we are not alone. Whistleblower says U.S. is hiding alien technology. So David Goosh, 30-year-old um, former combat <laughs> officer in Afghanistan who worked with the U, uh, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Unit, says that for decades now, government and defense contractors have been um, recovering partial and intact vehicles that are UFOs. So they've had UFO vehicles for decades now. What do you mean UFO vehicles? Talking about somebody got a car that's a UFO? No, this thing that... Uh, talking about aliens? <laughs> aliens got whips? Te- yeah, <laughs> apparently. I mean, technologies and vehicles that we don't create in our own you know, infrastructure. Okay. So... Um, you know, this is not a new conversation, but once again, someone else leaks it out, lets it be known. Like, we've been doing this for decades. The government knows about this. Um, and 
a lot of it is actually hidden from government officials, but like different private agencies are the ones that are keeping this information. I believe it. You believe what? I believe they have vehicles or unidentified objects. I'm not going to say I believe in the aliens. Yeah, I mean. There's definitely on yeah, It depends on what, what you classify aliens? as aliens. Right, exactly yeah. what That's is that? Yeah. I mean, we could do this if you guys want, but we could even do it. We, we should really do a whole episode about this. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's save it. Let's save it. I mean, yeah, we could save it. I mean, Teresh, why don't you give them a little bit? <laughs> yeah, because I know you're like itching. You're itching to do it. You were like, what do you even call aliens? So like, just just do it. Just do it. No, I mean, all I was going to say is that this is this is one of those distractions again, mm-hmm. where it's like now people are like, you know, captivated by the mystery of it all. But it's something that it's always going to stay a mystery, because if they were to really tell you what the aliens really are, mm-hmm. then first, they don't fully understand it. Mm-hmm. But then second of all, if they were to really tell you, then it's like the mystery is kind of, you know, gone. And then the yeah. government is no longer the authority. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I'm gonna leave it with that. What are the aliens? I'll throw a little. I'll throw a little bit we'll, out there. We'll, <laughs> let me throw. Let me throw a little bit out there. We can pick it up there. later. So this is we're gonna have to there. do an alien episode at some point. Yeah, yeah but, but go this ahead. It's gonna be a go big ahead. episode. Go ahead. Let me just say this: they say aliens are extraterrestrial, right? Yep. Mm. But terrestrial means Earth, mm. like earthly. So mm. if something is extraterrestrial, that means it's another extra being on the terrestrial planet or the plane called Earth. So are they really from somewhere else? Are they really aliens? Are you an alien? <laughs> so you had us until you did that last part. <laughs> like we were with you until all the weirdos we out there were like, I am an alien. I'm from, I'm a star no. seed. But you know, a lot of people say that though. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, interestingly, a lot of people think we're gonna, they're aliens. We're going to come across so many people at the International African Arts Festival going to be like, I am here to help change and usher into the next revolution of human consciousness. I am from Mars. Like, we're going to come across so many of those people while we're at the International African Arts Festival. Get ready, because we're not holding back this time. Okay. What he said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, to get, to get back to what you were saying, well, apparently, in the next article, um, they're saying that um, there's an underwater search for an alien meteor. A me- meteor. Um, this is the first ever interstellar meteor um, thought to be lying at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. So all the other meteors and like UFOs and that kind of stuff have come from within our, within our solar system. This one is saying that it's coming from outside of our solar system for the first time ever in 67 years, 67 million years of recorded Earth history. So... You know, this is perhaps what they think is like the breakthrough to a different plane or a different solar system or a different, you know, reality. But they're going down miles deep into the ocean, two miles deep into the ocean to understand what this UFO is underwater. It's vibranium. It's the underwater Mexicans. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. So we got them, right? We got them because you said 67 million Years. Earth years, years yes. right? Earth years. Yeah. So then, why are we in the year two thousand? Oh wait, wait. Oh, oh, you went there. Okay. Oh, that's a you got that him. where we're going. You got him. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me get the actual numbers though. 
it was 230 million years, what, 66 million years since the dinosaur, the dinosaur meteor that was supposedly, no, extinct to the dinosaurs, but See, this is how little, Still. this is how, this again, this is like the mystery of it all, because this is how little people know, right? I'm going to drop like a little thing. Right? Okay, do it, do it. Every single time there's a thunderstorm, and then you even see the lightning, and then you hear the sound, right? You hear mm-hmm. like the sound of something like crashing. At wherever that lightning really touched, right? If you went there afterwards and you looked, you'll find like a little stone, right? They call that thunderstone. Mm-hmm. There's certain things you can use that for. Even that thing isn't coming from Earth. Mm-hmm. It's like coming from space, something that we would consider a meteor. Mm-hmm. But people don't even know what that's called or mm-hmm. what you would consider that or how you would use it or anything. Mm-hmm. So if you don't really understand Earth, how can you understand anything that's coming outside of mm-hmm. it? So just to add to that, right, is <clears throat> this notion of like the world is going to end and like certain animals go extinct and all this kind of stuff really needs to be revisited because that's what science is telling you, right? But then the question is, in our temples, we know that anything that the gods created will not finish. So then how can you say that dinosaurs are real if anything that the gods created will not finish? And that's all we're going to go into today. You know, some years back, a couple years back, I had bought um, a stone or a crystal at um, Namaste, and they claimed it was a meteorite. I think they call it Maldivite stone. They claim it's from a meteorite, and it's very rare. There's very few of them on the planet, and I bought it for like $130. Yeah, they got me. Where is it? <laughs> Where is it? Uh, actually, it was lost. It was stolen. By who? I don't know. Some guy. Uh, it was in somebody's bag, and they took it. Hmm. Yeah, they broke into the car and take, took it. You know, it's whatever. You're one of those guys that falls for, like, the thing. At, no, it looked the nice. The thing at Walmart. It looked nice. Like, you know, the guy that's like, I'm here. I'm trying to feed my family. I don't know what to do. Like, can you please give me money? And then you, like, give them money. And they're like, I'll give you this gold ring. It's a gold ring. And then you pay them. And then... Yo, like, this guy is like, it's it's like, funny. You're that guy. You're funny. You're that you guy. You are hilarious. For that, you bro. are funny. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're, you're that guy. You're not good to say anything. You spent $135 for a <laughs> meteorite. It was pretty. It was pretty, you know. Your wife is like, nigga, we got, we got a baby. <laughs> you out here telling me you spent $130. That's what that laugh was. Was, nigga, you spent $130 on a meteorite? What's the last time you spent $130 on, on me? me? That's what that laugh was. She was out there like, ha ha. I got your bitch ass later. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take you, I'll take reveal too much. <laughs> yeah, really. I'll yeah. take it. I'll take it. Exactly. That's what that was. Like, you know, you know what, you I don't care. You gotta be able to speak. You gotta be able to speak female language. You know like what, that's what that laugh was. I don't care because She's you know like, why, mm-hmm, nigga. You know why it was a good looking bracelet. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Where is it though? Did they break the window? How'd they get into the car? Somebody left the door open. Somebody? <laughs> Who's somebody? He who shall Next. not be named. Uh, all right. <laughs> hey, you brought it back. 
<laughs> all right, all right. So, I mean, men will go through extreme measures to get a woman or impress a woman, mm-hmm. um, including buying jewelry. But also, Georgian man gets $81,000 leg lengthening procedure after crush rejected him for being too short. Wow. So, 27-year-old uh, Denzel Siggers, Siggers spent $81,000 to um, <laughs> surgically increase his height from 5 foot 5 to 6 feet. He said, he says that <laughs> sorry he says that he has always been very shy and reserved as a child and was always afraid to be himself for fear of being judged or not accepted in his teenage years he was rejected by a girl he had a huge crush on quick crush on who um she found him attractive but she said he, he was too short for her unfortunately beta so Wait, what, what do you mean by that beta beta what's a beta please explain beta yeah, you ever seen Jesse Jesse Lee? What's his name? P- Peterson or Patterson, whatever. Oh, that's, you're talking about the guy like the Jordan real life Peterson? Uncle Ruckus. Yeah, oh, you're, talking yeah. The black, you're talking about the black dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah he says beta every time a man does a, something simpish for oh, a woman. Really? Yeah, he says beta. You know how they got that alpha male thing and then they got the beta male. Like the alpha male is a strong male. Look, I know. I know we're gonna catch. Male. We're gonna catch flack for this. <laughs> that guy is hilarious. He's he's super like he's funny. so funny even super though he's funny. he's a coon. But, but he's hilarious. I think he's just trolling, honestly. But is he retarded? No, no, he's just trolling. But like he, he has like a huh? he purposely says things to get people what? upset. Right, you can't say retarded. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Really? yeah. Cancel. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Cancel me. My yeah, life's whatever. not that great. Yeah, cancel me. Yeah, we yeah. ain't rich. We ain't rich enough to be canceled. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> like, what are you gonna cancel? Like, just cancel it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, just cancel it. Um. But yeah, but he has like he kind of seems. You know who he talks like? You ever seen Adult Swim? Yeah. The, the cartoon Adult Swim. The actual cartoon called Adult Swim. There's not, a cartoon nah, they, called they, Adult they, Swim. It's a TV oh, it's show. Like a no, it's, it's, it's a like network. a channel. Yeah. On Cartoon Network. On yeah, Cartoon yeah, Network. At night. There's like that creature thing. That like kind of has like the same speech patterns as him. Let me look it up. You guys talk. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, Adult Swim. Yeah, but like I was saying, that's beta. I mean, cause come on. Listen, man. There's so many women in the world. If one woman rejects you because of your height, bro, there's You're like a, a thousand loser. other females out there who won't even think about that. Yeah, but he's not even the only one. Like, not it's not even just men, right? How many people get plastic surgery because they got rejected or they got made fun of, and then now they're using that as a way to Brack. completely change everything? He talks like this guy. Oh, doesn't he? Oh yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Brack. true. Wow. From space goes coast to coast. Wow, I didn't even he think He talks of that. like that. I've been trying to put my finger on it wow. for the longest. I'm like, why does he sound like somebody I know? Not to interrupt you, but he talks like and he... he <laughs> no. I haven't like, seen that show in years. Wow. Like, wow. No, I just... I knew. I knew what kind of show was going to be today. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of losers out there that go and get plastic surgery to feel accepted. Yeah, it's man, unfortunate. Come on, bro. No, but like, now even younger, like younger people are doing it. I mean, women have been doing it since the dawn of time, since plastic yeah. surgery came into the picture. But now, just like these loser ass dudes are doing it too. Yeah, it's sad, but, man. It's sad. <laughs> oh, Monica! Oh! <laughs> 
Let him cook. <laughs> Must be true. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh man. Okay. Cool. I mean, my, my my thing is is like your legs are too long now. So what are you gonna what? do about that part? Like, <laughs> you know, like well, according to you, yeah, you don't your like it. Too, yeah, you're, you're gonna reject. Yeah, but you're like six three, you know, bro. That's easy for you to. He say. has experience. Like, that guy was five five. He has experience. Yeah. He knows what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah. So like, are you telling us that your height is a curse? No, he says that I'm, I'm proportionate, but that's. <laughs> He, he only made his legs long. You ever oh, seen I that? see what you're saying. Like yeah. he's built naturally to be short. Yeah, and then but he his just extended his legs. Now he just looks funny. <laughs> yeah. You ever see what that. insecurities do? That's crazy. <clears throat> you ever seen that uh, episode of Chappelle's Show when that lady is like, "I wish my boobs were smaller," and then he shows her all the things that could happen if her boobs were smaller. <laughs> That's you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you're Dave Chappelle in that skit that's like wow. now your legs are disproportionate I think I think Dave would disagree alright no, no, so, Dave okay, if we can get Dave Chappelle on this show I think he would agree right, okay. I don't know if we have the budget but Dave you should come on the show so let's, let's get into this last topic let's get into this last topic so Supreme Court rejects affirmative action and ruling on universities that use race and admissions decisions so affirmative action has been a huge conversation debate for years. Like, you know, basically you get into college based on your merit of race. Like I'm black, I'm Hispanic, I'm, I'm, I'm marginalized. Therefore, I should have more access or have a chance to get into university because of slavery, of injustice, discrimination, and so forth. But um, the Supreme Court has decided due to the 14th Amendment that this violates the 14th Amendment. So now um, here's some quotes. Um, Chief Justice Rob John Roberts says a benefit to a student who overcame racial discrimination, for example, must be tied to that student's courage and determination. That's a merit that they say that it's worth getting to college for. Another one says, or a benefit to a student whose heritage or culture motivated him or her to assume a leadership role or attain a particular goal must be tied to that student's unique ability to contribute to the university. In other words, the student must be treated based on his or her experiences as an individual, not on the basis of race. <clears throat> so you remember like in the 50s or like the 1940s when it was only like white people in the universities? Mm -hmm. Then it wasn't based on merit. It was just based on the fact that like anybody could get in mm -hmm. because you could be like that's where this notion of like white mediocrity comes from. Mm -hmm where it's like the argument for affirmative action is like you have like mediocre white people mm -hmm. that can get in because they're white. Mm -hmm. Because the norm is like, let's make sure it's like a white space. Mm -hmm. like, and it's only, you know, kept up by like white people. So you can have like mediocre white people. Mm -hmm. Like everybody sitting at this table is not white, right? Mm -hmm. So we all understand, like, I know you especially understand this because like you... <laughs> we're going to take it to like the heights in terms of where you could take it to like in, in the system right. is like you can have like mediocre white people mm -hmm. and then they will be sitting there acting like they're like excellent. Like super intelligent. Like super intelligent. And they'll be like a, they'll be like a D student, mm -hmm. but then they have the confidence of an A student right. mm -hmm. or they feel like they're, you know, equipped to comment on things or to, like they feel like they're super informed because their conditioning is like you are you're the one mm 
Mm-hmm. Like you are, you're the best. So <clears throat> I call, I call bullshit mm-hmm. on that notion. Yeah, I, I agree. Cause that's actually a very, very good point because I've heard this argument from a lot of other people. Um, what's that, what's that girl's name? Um, Cand- Candace Owens. Candace Owens. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of one of her main points. Yeah, is she's that cool. Sh- yeah, yeah. Yeah. I kind of like. She's her, cool. She's, she's cool. intelligent. But she's I, I intelligent, like but she's coony. Yeah. Yeah. She's very coonish. Much, very much. Yeah, she's she's coonish. She needs to get rid of the perm. Yeah. But that, that's coonish, another yeah. another thing. But oh, she does have a perm. You're yeah, right. She needs to get rid of that. Yourself, you're self hating. <laughs> but like part of her argument is that you shouldn't necessarily have to get into these schools just because you're black and that actually diminishes like your culture or diminishes the fact that you come from a certain group of people because it's like if somebody just gives you something just because of that it's almost like a handout or a charity I mean like you don't earn anything but from what you're saying right if white students can be mediocre and just get yeah. in because they're white yeah then is it any different that you can get in because you're black? <laughs> no. no, but that's that's the thing, right? Like even me, I went to a high school where it was a lot of Asians, right? A lot of children of immigrants. Damn, you know that the competition was thick. Yeah, or you could tell, then, like no, yeah. and then it's like literally every were you guys single like, one were you of us killing each other. No, but it's like every <laughs> single one of us, right? You have to be in like five, six different clubs. I was taking AP classes in sophomore year, like my sophomore second year, year of high school. school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I took classes during the summer so that I could be in AP classes in my sophomore year. I took AP classes <laughs> my junior year. And when I got there, I was like, bruh, oh, okay, I'm good cool. on this. I took classes for a week and I was like, peace. <laughs> you mean like in school? In, you no, took classes in co- for in a college, week? In college. Yeah, no, I didn't, week, I didn't I like, take peace. Bro, that's high school. <laughs> no, AP class, classes are in high school. Oh, really? Keep going. <laughs> so what, what's no, so what's those classes? Right? No, so wait, hold on. No, dude, I need to understand now. So what's those classes you take in in college where it's like you're trying to get all the extracurricular in whatever. college? Yeah, electives. Oh, electives. electives. Yeah. Oh. For AP. Forgive, yeah. forgive AP my forgive my college, ignorance. AP it's a college counts, accredited yeah. course that you like take you get in high school. Credits. Oh, I yeah. did that too. No, yeah. you didn't. I did. Did you? Yeah, What'd I you did. take? I don't remember. <laughs> no, but that's the thing, right? Like, for let me jo- let us- me join the scholarly <laughs> yeah. academics. This is why we okay. need affirmative action. <laughs> yeah, because you're out here trying to get affirmative action just on merit alone. You're like, yeah, I, I did that too. Yeah, I was in AP, AP advanced, advanced. I'm not gonna say it. I was gonna say something else, but anyway, go. No, I was just saying like mediocrity wasn't an option. Right, like yeah, you don't even understand that's that in your concept, right? No, but no, so just many. in general, it was it, like bro, a shared it's a school filled with Asians and right. immigrants we just in general, all immigrants, different, yeah, yeah, of all course, yeah. different, you know, backgrounds. Yeah. But it was like mostly people of color, and then it's like you knew there wasn't room for mediocrity. But what all of this does is that it's also a distraction because now it makes college seem like this forbidden fruit that you know, for us to equalize the tables and everything, we need to now get in there, mm-hmm. but. Once again, you're asking for a seat at the same table of the people sitting at those, you know, at the Supreme Court making these kind of decisions. Right. Because at the end of the day, edu- or the college structures are still a colonial institution. Yeah, of course. So you're not really learning about yourself. You're not really learning about your culture by trying to advance yourself in that system. And then the more you kind of advance in that, the more you kind of lose that connection to your roots. But that's what every single person is pushing for. Of course. And then once you get that distinction, it almost makes you forget that there's still some kind of void or there's still something missing. Mm. 
Well, in a way, because this ties into our yeah our topic, our topic today, mm-hmm. because <clears throat> it's kind of like reverse cultural appropriation, because like they they get you to culturally appropriate their system, mm-hmm. and their system is the education system, because. The whole thing about America is that there's no culture. And because there's no culture, the thing that that's, they have to get you... That's something... You know that's something very dangerous to say, right? What? That but it's true. America has no culture because... Yeah, the culture the is patriot- no culture. People here are so patriotic that you would get stabbed if you walked out in the street and said that. Yeah, but it's true. It is, it is true. But what's the it's culture true. based on? What's the history? Yeah. That's what there's we're going to no get culture. into. We're yeah. going to get into. So it's like their whole thing is like... How many people can we get to culturally appropriate our no culture mm-hmm. or our lack of culture? Right. Which is why growing up as an immigrant or growing up as a person coming from real culture, mm-hmm. somebody coming from the Caribbean, somebody coming from Africa, somebody coming from India, mm-hmm. you come from culture. So you come from culture. But then the thing is, is like you show up to school with patties, you're, you show up to school with curry, you show up to school with some okra sauce, and people are like, Ew! Oh, yeah. What's, What's that? that? <laughs> like, and then they're like, "Why don't you get Lunchables, you broke Jamaican?" Or like, they're like, or calling you an African booty scratcher, <laughs> all this kind of weird stuff. Yeah. What would they call you? No, it's me and my like. I remember me and my yeah. sister. We straight. I mean, they would be like, "Oh, like that smells." Like, what's yeah? That? But hold on, what would they? Because like, there's like the whole term. Was there like a derogatory term for Jamaicans? Coconuts. Coconuts. Yeah. That's what they called you in yeah, they call all elementary school? Yeah, really? Co- coconuts, or, coconuts or African booty scratches. Oh, they just loop, they just loop, they just rope you in with Africans? Yeah. Call you African, Jamaican y- booty scratches? Yeah, they, if, if you were Nigerian, <laughs> like if you were Nigerian, right, or you're Jamaican, for most people, they couldn't tell the difference between your so-called English or your pigeon or your patois, so they would just rope everybody into the same category, the same boat. Indian people call themselves coconuts if they're brown on the outside and white on the inside so like if you're like a, wow. if you're like totally with down like with the system yeah like whitewash like you if just, you you're lost your culture but you're just brown on the outside they call themselves coconuts oh so or that's people like call you coconuts so so they actually take that name on to themselves <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or proudly like or like you know <laughs> not proudly but it's just you know so wait there weren't any like derogatory terms like white people would call you as an indian person growing up only because there's so many of us in, that, in oh, so like where saying, I grew up. It oh, was so you're like, saying y'all so were rolling deep. It was y'all school. <laughs> we were rolling So the deep. white people would roll up and be like, oh, God. No, we're but people still make steak pieces of our food <laughs> to the point where like my sister and I both, I remember, like my mom would wake up early, like make us something nice, right? And then me and my sister both individually asked her at some point, why can't oh. you make us like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Oh, we wow. want it in a paper bag. Like she got us like a nice lunchbox wow. with all the, you know, like the sections to put all the like different things yeah. she made and all that. And then we're like, we want a paper bag. Wow. So kids, Ooh, these kids was like, tough. <laughs> Huh? These kids was tough. Yeah, Imagine look, you have a everybody, nice lunch bro. Everybody did that. You did that too. To Don't who? front. I didn't do you it to did nobody. that too. Yeah, but no, you know, I'm saying like those white kids growing up, they get you. Like they got you too. Don't even front. So the thing is this though, I never personally, I never really grew up around white kids. We had one white kid, and where'd you grow up? In Brooklyn. Say there's no white people in Brooklyn. 
No, no, honestly, no. Where I grew up, not we now, didn't, we didn't, not now. Well, not now. <laughs> not is a lot. There's a whole bunch now. It's dead now. But when I was growing up, we didn't really see much white people. So everybody we saw was black. But the difference was there was the black Americans and then the Caribbeans and Africans. Yeah, because that's, so, that's an important distinction, right? Right. There's black Americans. Mm-hmm. There's... And then anybody that has the skin tone of black, mm-hmm. but is not American. Right. Right. So there's like the Caribbean, there's like people from the Caribbean, mm-hmm. there's the Africans, and those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're two important different. Important distinctions. Important distinctions, right? So when I was growing up, we literally had one white kid in our entire class. Was and, he down? And one Spanish kid. The white kid was down to the point where you wouldn't even tell he was white if you were not looking at his skin. And I say that because his mannerisms and the way he acted was almost like another like reverse cultural appropriation kind of situation. It's so like maybe at like, home he was, he was eating like, chicken breast with broccoli, but when he would come yeah, with he, us, yeah. it was rice and peas and jerk chicken. He was like, McCall walk, McCall breathe. But then when he goes home, he's like, mom, can I get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? <laughs> Basically, basically, yeah, that was the situation, and it's so funny. That one white kid was always the angriest out of the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was always the one trying to prove something. Yeah, he was out of place. Yeah. Always, it's like that Dave yeah. Chappelle episode yeah. where it's like he was saying the one, the dangerous guy in an entire group of niggas is the one yeah. white guy. Yeah, because that yeah. one white guy, of course, is going to be the one to do the craziest yeah, exactly. stuff because he's got he's the like, most to prove. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. The reason why I asked is because our topic today is on cultural appropriation, right? Mm-hmm. And it's on topic, it's about cultural appropriation because we're going to be doing the International African Arts Festival tomorrow mm-hmm. and for the next few days. And so there's this notion where black people feel like their culture is their culture regardless of their conditioning, right? And that becomes a problem. Because you can have, like, what makes us different as an organization is we have Indian people, we have white people, we have Colombians, we have Mexicans, we have Asians, we have, you name it, Colombians, is, Colombians is niggas. Yeah, I mean, they're light skinned. Colombians is niggas with a little yeah, shade of, they, of yeah. with a little shade of, um, coconut. You're ruining our clip. Okay. But, like, <laughs> like, so, I mean, it could go in there still, but, uh, like, so we have everybody from everywhere right Mm -hmm. so we are a we're the only real comedic organization like let's be real shots fired i don't care who you are temple of a new uh what's the other ones uh shrine of maat the infodishi bullshit the baba heru bullshit like all of those places like come on bro we all know you're not standing on nothing right we all know you're not coming from real traditions like you guys aren't really standing on anything, right? So you guys are all cultural appropriators. Because like we got to call a circle a circle and a square a square. And I want the smoke. Come see me. I'm going to be in Brooklyn tomorrow. I'm going to be at the International African Arts Festival, and I'll debate you in person. So if you want it, come get it. <laughs> you know. So, and... Uh, <clears throat> what you're saying is, is, is actually pretty big, because it's like like you said... Black people, especially here in the West, have this idea of everything that has like a black name or started by blacks or so-called blacks is automatically, is theirs. automatically theirs, right? By, 
you know, by because of colonialism, because of slavery and all these different things. Now, here's the thing. Growing up, I noticed the distinctions between, like I said, blacks born here in America, which I just say Africans born in America, and then Caribbeans, which is just, again, Africans born in the Caribbean, and then Africans born in the continent of Merita. Mm. I noticed the distinction because you can clearly see that each group had different cultural habits based on their circumstance. But at the root of it, you can still see that there's like a main core thing that's binding them together. Now, when it comes to blacks born in America and in the Caribbean, right, you find a lot of people feeling like, hey, if it has a black face, it belongs to us automatically mm. because we lost this, we're owed this, we're owed that. But those two groups at times, not so much the Caribbeans from my experience, tend to look at Africa and people coming from Africa and sometimes in negative ways. And also mm -hmm. vice versa. You might have some people from Africa looking at blacks from the Caribbean or blacks from America in some negative ways due to what's being portrayed in the media, right? Again, divide and conquer. We all know what that really is about. But this negative way that these blacks who are born in the West view blacks in Africa or view cultural things about Africa kind of makes the argument of everything black being ours kind of mute. Because if we're talking about cultural appropriation, cultural appropriation, really, if we're talking about the real definition of it, is to actually appropriate things inappropriately without having an understanding of the culture or being involved in the culture or actually appreciating the culture. So yep. this is going to hit a lot of people's nerves, but a white person who spends, spent more time in Africa or has actually took the time to learn the culture and has actually took the time to know what certain things mean, like what drums are for, what certain fabrics are for, what certain spiritual practices are for, is more so appreciating and actually living the culture more than somebody who's just actually saying they are owed the culture just based off of their skin tone or based off of what might necessarily be in their blood. And there's a simple Let him cut. That. There's a simple word for that, and it's called entitlement. Thank right. you. Hold on, I want to find out what this sound is. Sensational. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep going, keep going, keep but going. Just, you would you would even find you would even find again, same black people born outside of the continent actually have negative things to say about certain African traditions. But then when they see other people actually appreciating those same traditions, then it kind of makes something inside of them feel away because regardless if they understand it or not, they know it or not, what they're witnessing is the lack or the shame of not actually grasping what they know they should be grasping and mm. seeing others who don't look like them grasping it. Take it. Really, and then they get mad about to, that. To be truth about it, it's really... Uh, low self-esteem problem because of a loss of identity mm. that's disguised as a superiority and entitlement. Gosh. Like, that's the I thing, I mean, that's the thing that comes with entitlement, right? There's mm -hmm. a concept of mediocrity that comes with that too because you think that just because you are owed something... Affirmative action? <laughs> White people? 
just because you're owed something or you lost something that now it's supposed to come to you easy but i think every single one of us at least here we know that okay we might be coming from a culture but now we have to earn it too as in earn our place in it by actually taking the time putting in the hard work to understand what it is that we're actually coming from mm -hmm. and that's the part that that's not automatic that's something that from the time humanity, like a person was born, that's something you have to be taught. It's not something that you just have. Maybe you have that in your blood. Maybe you're exposed to it, but that doesn't mean you understand the things you see, the things you hear. And then it's like someone has to take the time to teach you and you have to take the time to take that, hold it, put it in your life and make it part of yourself. And trying to bypass that and then not even really seeking it for yourself because of, you know, I mean, you know, colonization did a number on people. But now and thinking that, you know, you can take the easy way out and then think that just because now, you know, this is linked to this skin color. Now that's mine. It can't be anyone else's. The thing is, there's people out there doing the work to try to earn it now, to try to understand their roots. And the thing about divide and conquer is it made us think that each one of us, our cultures are our own mm -hmm. and had no connection with each other. Right. But actually it's all a big web and it's it all right. has its roots. And then those roots can be the medicine that can even help you get back to your own place. Exactly. So now who are you to tell me that I can't use that bridge to understand where I'm going to earn my place? In well, that's the thing is that <clears throat> you have people like uh, it's it's like kind of like the crab in the barrel mentality where you have black people that don't want to go reclaim their own culture and they would prefer to go get another person's culture because there's a lot of black people out here that will walk around and they look like black people, right? They have the skin tone. Like they pass like the aesthetic check, mm -hmm. but inside their brain, they think, they act, they talk and they function and they execute colonial ideas, and that's all they are. Mm -hmm. They're the colonizer, but they look like they're not the colonizer. Because the, the trick that the colonizer played on everybody was that you look at somebody and you base everything about colonization based on the way that you look. Because then if you're distracted about the way that you look, then you're not taking into effect you're not taking into account the way that you think. So if you're not taking into account the way that you think, then you don't have to worry about these people coming together to now rise up and take you down because they're fighting amongst themselves. It's that whole notion of divide and conquer. Now, black people have co-opted the divide and conquer ideology to such a degree that they won't even go get their own culture and they will get angry at somebody else right. going and reclaiming their culture or their something that they feel like belongs to them but because that person is actually going and taking like the thing that belongs to humanity right. because that way of thinking in terms of divide and conquer in terms of identifying somebody or thinking that somebody thinks or moves a certain way based on the way that they look comes from the colonizer, then you get mad at that person. And it's like, that's not their fault. That's your fault. That's your fault because you're not taking the time to go get what you claim belongs to you. And because you don't like it, the fact that you see a white lady or you see an Indian lady or you see a Colombian dude or you see a Mexican lady or you see a Mexican dude taking it and then you're sitting there and you're like, nah, that's mine. 
And then it's like, nah, it's not yours because you haven't claimed it and you aren't willing to go through the process of actually claiming it. But that white person, that Colombian person, that Mexican person, Asian person, mm -hmm. it's taking the time to claim it properly. That's not their fault. That's your fault. You're just mad because you won't go through the process of going to go get it. Sensational. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you know what's crazy about it all? Like what's really, really crazy is the thing is this. Even going back to what you were talking about with going to school and making sure like mediocrity is like it's not an option. Like there's no way you're allowed to be mediocre. Like you have to go through this, go to school. You have to get the good grades. You have to get the good job. You have to be a very good slave in the system, right? Like that's the way that we're programmed. But that in itself is the idea of leaving your culture behind to go now working for a place that has no culture. That's, the, that's even why that system is in place. To, it's, it's colonialism, it's the extension of it, right? To take away the culture so that they can work for you. Because mm. if somebody's tied to their culture, they're not gonna work for your system. So you take away the culture and they work for you. That in itself shows power. Mm. Why? Because you now have influence over somebody else. But for people who don't see the value in now having others look at their own culture or their ancestral culture and then going and then saying, wow, that's actually amazing. I need to learn about that. Mm. I need to get involved in that. If you don't see the power in that, then something is wrong with you mentally. Mm. Because they had to force people mm -hmm. into this system. They had to murder people into this system. Mm -hmm. They had to chop off heads into this system. Now you're telling me I can now sit here and I can see a man who is Jewish, I can see a lady who's Indian, I can see a lady who's Irish, I can see a, a lady who's Mexican, now come and bow down to the feet of where I'm from, of African culture. I can see those people learn from it, value it, and take it, and we didn't have to force them. I can see those people yeah. dress in those clothing, and we didn't have to force them to do that, the same way we are forced to wear their clothing. So That's power. So this is the thing, is we actually have a question, and I think you're kind of touching on it, is from Chem Warrior, is can the colonizer understand the comedic civilization it conquer? Yes, because in order to conquer something, you have to understand it. And everything that he's talking about, what people have to understand is that the original colonizer are the Greeks. And the original colonizer are the Greeks, because what they did is they came to Kemet, they learned everything, and they learned it very very well and they learned it to such a degree that they even said like hey you know we got it better than the people that have taught it to us and then they took it and then they turned it into something else and those are the original cultural appropriators if you want to call it dare you call it the original colonizers so yes you have to understand the comedic civilization because a comedic civilization is considered the cradle of humanity and it's considered the cradle of humanity because it's considered the first seekers within humanity that rose up something within them woke up and they said hey you know what we want to do something than what we're doing right now in terms of that's limited within our human being existence so yes 
You have to understand the comedic, uh, the comedic civilization in order to conquer it. Because then when you understand it, then you can understand how to attack it, how to place certain ideologies in place that can undermine it. You know how to take comedic spirituality and then introduce something that closely resembles it so that people don't feel like you know, you're really taking away their culture, you're taking away their daily activities, all of those things. So everything he's touching on and everything that I'm saying to you right now is really just there to kind of answer that for you, Mr. Chem Warrior. Like, yes, the colonizer understood the comedic civilization very well, and they understood it very well to the point where what they did is that they went out and they took it and then turned it upside down, meaning the comedic civilization, they turned it upside down, and then they used it to conquer the rest of the world, and that's the problem the rest of the world is even suffering from right now. And just to add on to that, the thing is this. A tool is very useful. Like, I can take a hammer and I can break things. I can take the same hammer and I can build something with it. Now, the comedic civilization is that same very tool. It's the very tool that the world used to build this entire thing that you see as the world. All of the ancient structures, the ancient civilizations, all of the many different various cultures you see in the world, they all have the same root. So again, when people see others coming to this and then they see others learning this, it's not about how somebody looks and about race. It's about humanity because again, originally this is how humanity thrived. This is how humanity spread themselves. Mm. This is how humanity even made culture. This is how humanity made cities, civilizations, technology, all the different things that you've seen and, and were growing up like admiring. It was through this tool that our ancestors put out for the entire world to be able to feed from or eat from. That's the tree. That's the tree of life right there. That's the source, the knowledge. That's what they use. It's a very good tool. So just because a small group of people use that same tool to destroy doesn't mean it's not a valuable tool that the world can still utilize today. Right. I would almost Sensational. <laughs> I'd almost look at it a little differently because I think they didn't fully grasp the depth of it. No, of course they didn't, but they thought but they did. They thought mm -hmm. they did, and yeah. that's really what they were writing on. But what they did understand really well was human nature. Mm -hmm. They understand the human being really well, and that's something that the comedic culture also teaches for every single one of us to understand really the depths of our own nature, the pitfalls. Like Everyone wants to look at you know, the great things that human beings are capable of, but you need to know all the, you know, the shit that we're capable of all the dirtiness that we're capable of and how you know pitiful we really are and the comedic culture understood that and then knew how to put protections in there to actually now you know protect against that mm -hmm. but the greeks almost used that instead of again like you were saying instead of to build they almost exploited that understanding mm. and then now that's how they were able to get in and break people because at the end of the day human beings are you know human beings so we have a follow-up question from Chem Warrior, which is, why doesn't modern Africa embrace a comedic culture? Now, <clears throat> there's... Who says it doesn't? Exactly. And this is the thing, right? Mr. Chem Warrior or Miss Chem Warrior or... Uh, <laughs> uh, or they, Chem Warrior, I don't know. Please, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> don't want to misgender nobody. <laughs> so, uh, the thing is this, is... Yes, you're right. You can go to modern cities in Africa, but that doesn't mean that they're still not connected to the traditions because a comedic culture is the original indigenous civilization of humanity. Now, 
because it is the original indigenous hum, uh, civilization of humanity and it started in what is commonly known as or today as known as Africa, then you can't say that modern Africa doesn't embrace the Kemetic civilization. That's why you see like today in modern Africa or modern Africa, you have people that come in that are trying to even bring these modern Greek colonizing ideologies like homosexuality to Africa. And they're like, Feminism. no. Feminism. Mm -hmm. Like all these different Western ideologies and Africa is like, nah, mm -hmm. get out of here. And they're like, we will kill you if you come here. We will put you to death if you think you can bring those type of ideologies. Because that's at the root, the comedic culture that you're seeing that they're standing on in Africa still. Mm -hmm. So there's no way to say that. That kind of question kind of implies that the comedic culture is dead. It's not. Because traditional values, even Republicans stand on a lot of comedic, uh, comedic uh, values because at the end of the day, everything that you consider values is coming from civilization and the original civilization is a comedic civilization. Mm -hmm. I think the problem here that we have is people who are not necessarily privy to the inner workings of the culture have a misunderstanding because they don't see it as it's portrayed necessarily in so-called Egypt. So people wanna see everybody putting on like white and, and, and gold like robes and, yeah. and, and headdresses. Coming through like the white people long, in yeah, the mummy. Long like with, with, with long eyeliners <laughs> and feathers <laughs> and, and saying Ra and, 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 and Ta, like Coming that's what people wanna carried, see. Right, right. But, yeah. but the thing is this, people need to understand that culturally, the Kemetic civilization is the foundation, as, like, as I of said everything. earlier, it's the foundation of everything. So like Tutipsa said, all the values, all the principles you can think of is coming from Kemetic culture. So just because an area in Africa, it, you might not see what is portrayed in Egypt as Ra, doesn't mean Ra is not there. Mm. But that culture there has their own depiction of Ra because mm. they know Ra is the foundation. But you would have to be initiated into that to understand what the symbolism behind their deities and their drawings and their, and their symbols, what it really means. So again, the comedic culture is still there. It's just there secretly. It's just there in a very intelligent way. So don't take things for the aesthetics because the aesthetics is what will fool you. And our ancestors mm. knew that very well. This is why they hid the culture in various different ways. That's the interesting thing. You know, I think we were at an event at some point and someone kind of said, oh, yeah, the Earth Center, that's more like the African-related organization, right? Comedic organization. That's ignorant. All of that. And it's like for them, they didn't understand the connection between Africa and Kemet. Mm -hmm. And that's the big misunderstanding with a lot of the comedic, so-called comedic organizations out there. Because you can't take something like that, a culture in theory. Mm -hmm. It's something that lives, it's something that's real, and something that only becomes real now when you live it. Mm -hmm. And then the entire culture on the continent of Africa, or Merita, is coming from those roots. Exactly. That's not to say today that they're not that culture is not struggling from the onslaught of colonization also. Mm -hmm. You can see in the city 
that especially the youth they're now kind of gravitating more towards like the western culture mm-hmm. but then i mean you, you see it still- in the indigenous areas of people migrating to the cities exactly right? and then from the cities and they're trying to co-opt and exactly. gravitate toward the modern ideologies yeah. and values and you see that you see that happening everywhere all around the world but the point is that that's actually the only place in the whole world what uh you know africa or merita that there's still pockets of people who have maintained it in its purity, in its entirety, and protected it against colonization. And that's why every single one of us, doesn't matter where we're from in the world, that's why we can go there to get back to even our own roots. And it's not because, you know, we hate our own culture, you know, we don't have something of value at home. It's because we need a way to get there. And there's people who preserve that bridge. But now, if any of us are sitting here and being even being able to talk about it, it's because those people had the wisdom to see that that knowledge had to be invested. Mm-hmm. That now everyone had to be, they had to go to the lands, you know, where all the colonizers, where that colonizer mentality was coming from, to now have those people become the keepers of the culture, who could now take it anywhere in the world, spread it, and plant those seeds. Because if it was just to be left in the hands of the indigenous, you know, one sword to the neck, one gunshot, it's like an elder, an entire library of information, of knowledge, of lived experience, they're dead and gone, and then, you know, it's lost. So now if you go, you go to where people are actually seeking that connection, you give them, and then you give them a bridge to actually make that culture their own, they become where that culture lives. And then that's open to every single person because, again, it's about humanity. It's not about your skin color. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I just want to make sure that, you know, people are feeling, you know, recognized. So Mr. Kim Warrior has two follow-up questions. Mr. Kim Warrior has, wouldn't the comedic a treat modern civilization? I don't know what you mean by that, sir or ma'am. I'm going to need you to rephrase that for us if you could. Uh, but then you have, but one, one said Pharaoh is African. Most Africans accuse you of cultural appropriation for modern Egyptian. Why? If I understand your question properly, I think you're asking why do Africans consider the current Egyptians as cultural appropriators? Is that what you're asking? Well, that's, that's obvious. I, yeah, that's obvious. I, that's pretty obvious. Yeah. And I would say is this. Um, modern Egyptians are essentially, majority of them at least, are Arabs. Yeah, I mean, they They are obviously Arabs. came from Arabia, which obviously had nothing to do with what was going on there. I mean, like, honestly, this is a topic that I'm, I get very touchy about because... Why? Here's the thing. You know that they flooded, like, vast majority of areas in the Nile because they wanted to make that dam and they wanted to, I think it was, I forgot which, they wanted to make the canal. There was a canal. Yeah, I know, the, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Are you and, talking about the Strait of Gibraltar? Is yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they did that, a lot of comedic areas got flooded. Like a lot of um, temples, a lot of um, artifacts, a lot of stuff, a lot of burial sites oh, got they wanted flooded. To get, they wanted to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Why would a group of people who are indigenous to that area flood their own ancestral burials burial yeah, grounds that, don't make that sense. doesn't make no sense yeah. why would those same group of people now take those same ancestral grounds and then now exploit it the way that they do why did they 
put trash all over it, on all over the pyramids. Because they know, like, Why culturally... Why would they be pimping them out in exactly. terms of, hey, you want to come and learn about it and we'll teach you about it, we'll give you a tour? Exactly. Like, that... that come on, bro. They, they move there. Those are migrants. Even the people who are dark, of darker skin tend to be pushed to the south. And they don't, you don't really see those people in the north. And they call those people Nubians or whatever other names they want to call them. You, you know, the people, also people from Sudan, you know. The Marmalukes. <laughs> But come on. Oh, that's the same thing that that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> this <on>. guy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, I, I've noticed that too, like in not just Africa, but like all over the world. Aswan, somebody somebody com- commented, Mr. said the Aswan Dam. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. But I've noticed that around the world that Or MR. MR. Thank yeah, you, MR. Oh, yeah. But I've noticed that around the world that they tend to push the darker skinned people to the south. And the lighter skinned people always occupy like the north. And it's usually people who invaded from either like the east or northeast that tend to like hap, um, kind of like, you know, take over territory in the northern parts and then push the people back down south. Yeah. Which is why they came up with the term sub Saharan to kind of separate indigenous people from the entire continent. So to kind of make it seem like, oh, this group here is like dominant over this group here because this group here is sub. Or subspecies or sub-Saharan Damn. compared to the other group on top. That's it's just it's just a it's just mind games. So that's why you would see people looking at those people in so-called Egypt and North Africa like, hey, you guys are you know culturally appropriating. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, here's the thing, guys: is uh, cultural appropriation is a real thing, right? And I think if you get lost in the fact that cultural appropriation, because nowadays cultural appropriation carries, like the way that people want to talk about it is like when uh, like black people will come up with a dance and like a white guy will then like start doing the dance, right? But then the other side of cultural appropriation <laughs> is that you have people that originally come from a culture and they don't actually want their own culture Mm -hmm. and they're trying their best to assimilate into the colonizing culture as much as they can Mm -hmm. and because they're doing their best to assimilate into the colonizing culture they then get mad at other people that are actually like becoming cultured based on like assimilating into their to the ones that are attempting to assimilate into the colonizing cultures original said culture Mm -hmm. right so the danger is that you guys know like uh like black panther is a good example of this right is in black panther uh what's his name uh Mm t'challa right t'challa is an example of how he's maintained his culture and killmonger has is coming from the culture right killmonger is a uh is it what do you call him descendant yeah descendant of what are they again though wakandians wakandians right Uh he's in a he's technically like his bloodline he's a wakandian he's the son of wakanda Mm -hmm. but he has been conditioned and he's co-opted and he's culturally appropriated his colonizers culture identity and culture right? right And then he comes back and he's like, no, this is mine. And then what he does is he attempts now to force 
the Wakandian culture to now function like the colonizer, right? right? And that's all like Black Panther. And that's all Black Panther Part 2 is about. Mm-hmm. It's not about the underwater Mexicans, Dr. Umar Johnson. Sorry. <laughs> it's about the fact that there's a cultural appropriation mm-hmm. of the comedic values and how you can have people that look like or even be from the culture, but because of the way they've been conditioned or where they've grown up, they can literally be agents of the colonizer. Mm-hmm. And then if you're not careful, they will destroy the whole culture. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens in Black Panther 1. That's what happens in Black Panther 2. And that's really what we're dealing with, with black people and these so-called comedic organizations. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very... Like the Temple of Anu, Shrine of Mott, and the Infodishi, uh, the Nuwapians, all of you. I want all the smoke. You guys are all fake, comedic organizations i'm saying it for the record yeah it's a very 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 deep deep thing to think about but again if we're all being honest with ourselves like we all come from colonization like there's no doubt about it so you can't come from colonization and not think that you've been tainted by it you can't come from colonization and say hey I'm going to decolonize myself, but the very means of you decolonizing yourself is you using the mentalities that you've gained within colonization. Don't make sense. It doesn't make sense. That's even why you would see people like take like their whole life and like upturn it and like leave the system, like completely leave the system. They go to Cambodia, they go to Papua New Guinea, they go to Africa, they go to the Amazon, they go to India and then they live with the indigenous and they live with the sages. They live with these people. They, they, they go to the Buddhist temples and they shave their heads and they completely immerse themselves in that culture. Why? Because that's the only way you can actually start to like get some kind of semblance of true identity. That's the only way you can actually start to like see a different aspect of life or start to take on different habits, different ideas, different ways of viewing things. If you're just coming from America and then you're taking what you perceive to be as culture without actually ever being a part of the culture or being initiated into that culture and then going to the culture that you weren't initiated by and saying, hey, you guys should do it this way and I'm here to do it for you this way, then you're being no different than the same people who you're blaming for your shortcomings because that's what they did. They came in without no understanding without never really truly taking the time to initiate, live amongst the people, and actually actually learn what the values and the principles are before they started telling, what people, telling people what they should do and how they should live. That's the thing. I think we're losing a lot nowadays just by going along with those labels. And it's, it, it always goes back to divide and conquer because the kind of place we're at in the world right now is a place where we actually can add to each other. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be like, this is yours and this is mine, and mm-hmm. that's how it has to be. Nobody ever, have, grow, yeah, nobody ever grows that way. No one ever grows that way. The system, like, the system even knows that. That's why they need people to assimilate into their system. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. why all of this, oh, the immigrants are coming, the Mexicans this, Mexicans that. Right. By the way, this, this is the Mexicans' land. <laughs> like, if we want to be for real, the Mexicans are Native American. 
that mm. that's for real so you know the people who like say oh all the immigrants and this shut the fuck up this is their <laughs> land actually <laughs> we're actually the foreigners yeah but, it's true yeah. i mean but technically we're not but it depends on who you're talking about but yeah yeah, yeah. it was it was interesting because this last week i talked to two people one had been to 33 different countries in his life another one had been to 70 different countries in her Damn. life mm. and they both said the same thing when i asked them like what was the biggest thing you learned from that right mm-hmm. they both said the same thing about how people aren't actually as different as we think mm. everywhere you go you know people are actually very similar in the way in what we're looking for in our connections with other people you know with our families all those things it's like people have more similarities than differences Mm -hmm. and it's like sometimes you have to travel to really see that you Mm -hmm. know that okay this person is an asian it's just another human being this person isn't mexican person isn't brown or black it's just another human being Mm -hmm. and that's not to say we're not seeing color or we're not seeing different cultures and adaptations but it's just to say that those things don't mean that we're separate Those things aren't barriers. They're actually things that we can add to. And yeah, we have our own thing. And first, I think uh, these conversations or this kind of even like the, I guess, like the common conversation around cultural appropriation can only happen when there's an immense amount of insecurity. Mm -hmm. But if you actually learn how to be proud of what you have and where you're coming from, or at least the search of that, then even going somewhere else and trying to add isn't seen as a bad thing it's just you're just trying to add Mm -hmm. you're just trying to expand your boundaries Mm -hmm. so i think there have there has to be that foundation into looking at what you are and then seeing that actually there's a connection to what everyone else has what are those connections how do we actually all fit together rather than looking at how we're all different how now we have to like you know claim our peace and sit on it it's mine you can't have it So hold on. So we 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 have a few comments and and questions in the chat, right? And uh, Demarcus said, uh, "Doctor Moore Johnson on the show would be great." Uh, yeah, you know we're working to get a lot of different people on the show. The thing is, is we're a grassroots organization, so we're not in this for the money, and we don't we're not in this, you know, trying to you know further our financial gain. So yeah, we asked Doctor Umar Johnson to come on the show. Uh, you know, we're trying to work it out. In terms of within our budget, in terms of having him on the show. So if you know Dr. Umar Johnson, if you're familiar with Dr. Umar Johnson, let him know. Hey, you know, it'd be great to have you come on to the Gator Gates podcast. We're in contact with him. One of our producers is talking to him. Uh, you know, we're trying to work it out. But Dr. Umar Johnson, don't make it about the money. Because, you know, like we just want to have conversations and we want to talk. And like, you know, anybody is welcome to come on the show, but, you know, we don't do this for the money. We do this for the culture. And like, we're actually, you know, we're about it. So, you know, like we're about helping the people and being real revolutionary. So uh, if we got to pay you to come on the podcast, we'll do what we can. But, uh, you know, don't make it about the money and then run from it. Uh, then the question is, what was the relationship between Kemet and ancient Sudan? Why were they at war with each other? And Mr. Kim Warrior said, by the way, I'm male. Uh, we appreciate you for, for clearing that up. Uh, and so here's the thing, right? Is ancient Sudan, right? There's no way you could say there's a difference between Kemet, but uh, Kemet and ancient Sudan. Because to even say Sudan, you're using a word that's coming from the Kemetic language. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't make sense. So 
<clears throat> when you're saying why were they at war with each other, there's a lot of misinformation out there that the powers that be, the institutions of colonialism, that try, try and control your thought. Egyptology. Which is like Egyptology, which is really academia, right? Mm-hmm. Ac- Egyptology, uh, archaeology, um, history, like all of these universities, all of these institutions of thought and ideologies that come from the colonizer, they try and confuse you and they're like, there's a difference between, you know, uh, what are some of the names that they, they use? Got Kush, uh, Kush. They got, got Punt. Punt. They got uh, Nubia. Nubia. Like so all many. this kind of stuff. And then the thing is, is that like, look, it's all the same thing. So it's kind of like, that's coming from that kind of confusion that they want you to buy into so that you're unable to recognize like at at its height kemet the kemetic civilization was overseeing the world that's why even asia is literally called asia but it's really a derivative of aisha meaning like that region was called aisha meaning it was of aishat which is the which you could say is kind of like um to make it easily accessible, and this is kind of oversimplifying it, like the aspect of the divine feminine, like the embodiment of the divine feminine. Or ISIS, so, for most people, that's a common name. ISIS, ISIS. Yeah. So, uh, and then, uh, <laughs> Kim Ward is like, I'm definitely going to keep coming with the questions. <laughs> Medicata is giving you some shit in the, in the chat. And then he said, what do the comedic think about modern religion uh well we don't hate anything that's ours and religion is ours because religion is the knockoff of comedic spirituality that was co-opted by the colonizer in order to colonize everybody so they took all the aspects of of comedic of the comedic spirituality and then they twisted it like what we've been talking about this whole time. Rebranded it. And rebranded it so that they could control you. So that, you know, it's sort of like instead of drinking Kool-Aid, you're drinking Kool-Aid light. So then Kool-Aid light, you're you're more willing to be like, well, it technically is Kool-Aid, right? So then when they're like, we're going to chop your head off if you don't drink this Kool-Aid, you're like, well, I'll definitely drink that Kool-Aid light. So, you know, that's what religion is. So that's the way we look at religion. You can't hate your son, right? But you can hate your, you might hate the direction your son goes in. So yeah, we're just, we're totally sunning all the religions right now, all the Jews, all Judaism, all, all Islam, all Christianity. Sit down, be quiet, daddy's home. Well, that's the thing, you can't, like people aren't going to believe something, people aren't going to hold something close to themselves if there wasn't like an ounce of truth in it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there wasn't a grain of truth in it. Now, they knew where to go to get the truth. But then what are you going to use it for? Mm-hmm. Have you ever, to Kevin Warrior, have you looked up what religion actually really means? Mm-hmm. The etymology of it? Yeah. Look that up and then see what you find. And then that's going to answer some of your questions. And then there's another question uh, from Kim Warrior. Uh, why do black Americans believe they from America? Because uh, the comedic civilization spanned two uh to what is known as America. So that's why like people think that they're from America is because technically this was our stuff. Like America was our stuff in terms of the comedic civilization spanning even to America. 
Now, there's a, there's a, we got to make a distinction. Yeah, here, but, but we finish gotta, your yeah, statement first. I, I, you can I, you can finish it because that's what I was about to go into. But I feel like I'm answering all the questions. So if you guys want to answer these questions, you can. So go. So, just to chime into what my brother is saying. So yes, the comedic civilization spanned the entire globe and expanded the entire world. But as we were saying before, there's a brief or a distinction we have to make between people. That doesn't mean that we're different or we're separate. But as people moved across the world, they adapted to wherever they were, meaning different features, maybe different hair textures, sometimes different skin tones. But that doesn't mean that we're separate, we're different humans. Now. America was one of those places where people came some odd, like, you know, 60,000 plus years ago, and some people adapted. <laughs> no, only 2,000. But then they're like, but 90, 67 million years ago, the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, this, 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 that question is a lot to get into to answer that, but I'm going to try to make it very brief. Now, historically, there's always been travel between the Americas and so-called Africa. Mm -hmm. But again, there's also always been travels between the Americas and Boats, even nigga. Asia. It's even documented that Australians traveled here to the Americas for thousands of years. They even have it on their paintings. Like, it's, it's not a new thing. Like, the world was traveling everywhere. But that does not discredit the fact that Native Americans are real people, because I know that this movement likes to say that Native American people are fake and that they were invaders and they conquered black people here. That's not true. I'm going to kill that nonsense now. That's a false narrative. That's actually a government psyop. And there's a lot of psyops out there. Yeah. It's a, a lot, a lot. Huge government side. Because like, they don't uh, want... What's that guy from... You were listening to one of his clips the other day. I was like, can you turn that bullshit off? Oh, Billy Carson? Billy Carson. Yeah, big psyop. Psy huge psyop. Big psyop, psy bro. The, these are just yeah. movements designed to confuse people. Because the same situation that we face with Egypt, where we have groups of people who are not indigenous to Gosh, the land... Like, who's Billy Carson? Who are now... <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll show you him later. We have people who are not indigenous to the land like in Egypt, man, right? They are basically claiming <laughs> Egypt as their land. And they're claiming it, and they're, for lack of better words, culturally appropriating it. It's the same situation that we see here in America, because Native American people are now actually like coming and attacking not just white people, but black people now, because they're doing it a lot now with these movements, saying you guys are doing the same thing that they're doing to the black people, mm -hmm. which is now trying to erase our history and then say you guys are this and we're not this. So make sure that we make the distinction between the fact that the Kemetic civilization was global and that people traveled the world globally and that mm -hmm. there's actually indigenous people who chose to lay their foundations and their feet here, mm. which is not black Americans. We That's, have to make that distinction. I think even just on like a hum like just like on a personal level though, when people <laughs> when people don't have that connection to where they're coming from and it's been severed, it's almost like you're gonna claim what you have, what uh, you do know. They latch and then, on to things. you know, latch on to exactly. that and almost like claim as to why that's yours i know uh -huh. people even like indian 
Americans, mm -hmm. people who were born here of Indian origin, they would much rather consider themselves Americans first mm -hmm. than even consider themselves Indians because they don't speak the language. Maybe they've never visited. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they have some kind of touch with their relatives, but that's all they have. Mm -hmm. And then so for them, it's like, this is my country. This is what I know. And no one can tell you otherwise. That's exactly what it is. It's like, it's almost like a, some kind of patriotism, but to the extreme where it becomes delusional. And even historically, there are some black people who have Native American ancestry, right? Even from example, my wife herself, like her father has Native American ancestry. But that does not take away the fact that he is still a man of African blood. You look at him, you can tell, okay, yeah, this is still an African man. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot deny that. And historically, what people don't even know is that the people who are on those, what they call the rolls, like the dolls rolls and those things where people are, have access to Native American land, it's due to the fact that Native Americans actually had slaves. Mm. So a lot of black people were born on these Native American plantations and were born into these tribes due to either slavery or intermarriage, mm. which is different than you telling Native American people that they're not the real Native Americans and you are. That's a completely different thing. So I just want to go back to something you said real quick, right? Before we touch on this is, and remind me to come back to this, right? In mm -hmm. case I go off on the tangent is, <laughs> cause I'll be doing that sometimes, <laughs> sometimes is like, I remember growing up, my dad would tell my sister, like, you're not a black American. You're not. And I'd be like, what are we? Because <laughs> I'd be there kind of thinking like, so then what are we, right? Because it's like, what's the difference between me and a black American? Because to me, we're all, we're all the same, yeah, we're right? All the same. I mean, I know I don't look it, but I'm African. And I'd be sitting there and I'd be like, but what's the difference really, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what are we really talking about? And I think the thing becomes this, is that, there's even a there's there's a disconnect between Africans and Black Americans, and there's even a disconnect between Caribbeans and Amer and Black Americans, and the difference is is diaspora wars. Yeah, diaspora. Yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me about this, right? Dias mm -hmm. dias diaspora wars. Diaspora, whatever. diaspora, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize this. I didn't realize it was like a real thing. I yeah. thought you were joking no, when you said this. No, it's a real thing. In every culture but, that has a dias diaspora, that yeah. happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, what happens is there's like there's a people that still have their culture, still are connected to their culture, and then there's people that aren't. And then the thing is, is people then people go off of what they see. That's like human beings, right? Mm -hmm. That's within human nature. We go off of what we see, which means that when you see somebody that might be like you, if you go to Africa, right, and I go to Africa, someone would be would maybe be more inclined to say you're African over me, right, because of our skin tone, because yeah. you're darker than me. Now, you could go to Africa and somebody be like, yeah, that's an African, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas that- Yeah, they, they were yeah. asking me, yo, uh, what village are you from? Exactly. Everybody's right? asking me that, especially when I <laughs> like, cut yeah. my hair off. It's so, like, hey, wait, wait, wait where, yeah. where are you from? What village? Yeah. Like, uh, so then that's like- So could it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> You're like, from oh, here, you've yeah. never seen me before? <laughs> like, but like, the thing is, is that's the trap, mm -hmm. right? is because there is a difference to the way that you think. Mm -hmm. And the difference is is that the way that you think informs the way you approach everything. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And the way you approach everything informs the way you do everything. And the way you do everything becomes then a execution of what you call your values, right? Mm-hmm. So, or your, you know, your knowledge or your, you know, your way of life, you name it, right? Mm-hmm. So the problem is this, is Africans don't like black people. Black people don't like Africans, and black people don't like Caribbeans per se, right? Because the thing is, is everybody loves Caribbeans. That's not true. Everybody loves Caribbeans. That's not true. Yeah, don't try and don't try, right? Is because people are like, well, why you got an attitude? But then they're looking at you and they're like, you got an attitude because you're looking down on me. So the place that black Americans are coming from is like, you're looking down on me. And that's why you got an attitude because you're arrogant because you feel like you got something I don't have, right? That's where it's coming from. Like we got to call a circle, a circle. That's from their perspective. That's because, from their perspective. I know, of from course. From the Caribbean's yeah. perspective, they're looking down on us. You said from the Caribbean, from perspe- a Caribbean black perspective, black Americans are looking down on us. Black Americans are looking How down so? on everybody else. How so? Because again, it goes back to what we were talking about before. When you go to when we're in school. We're the ones getting called names like African booty scratcher. I'm coconut, laughing at what Medicata just said this. to the Cam Warrior. She's a Cam Warrior. Maybe you need to be on the show. Because <laughs> Cam Warrior is coming with good questions. I'm not. I'm not taking nothing away from Cam Warrior. Just Cam Warrior, like you are engaging. Like you should be on the show. I don't know where you are, but you can. You can. You can. You can join the show if you want. Anybody is welcome to join the show. But for the record, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like a thing where they they had this had this way where they would kind of make you feel bad for growing up in your country or growing up in a place that was so-called third world or make you feel bad for eating certain things or make you feel bad for dressing certain ways, it make you feel bad for talking certain ways. So it became a thing where it's like, okay, so I guess that's what how they perceive me to be is just not normal here Mm -hmm. so you in a way kind of build this low self-esteem about yourself and now you intake that and you take it as okay they're looking down on me because of this so that's why i have to change this about myself Mm -hmm. but then at the same time they're now thinking you're looking down on them because they actually in a way feel that you have something that they are lacking Mm -hmm. So then it becomes this whole dialogue back and forth where nobody's actually taking the time to listen to each other and see that we have more in common than we do apart. Mm -hmm. And even that's coming from a desperation because you would only function that way if you think you can't have that way back, Mm -hmm. that you can't actually get what the other person has. Mm -hmm. And then instead of, you know, kind of living in the envy of that, oh, that person has maybe what I lost, but I have no way to actually get it back. But you do, though. You, that's the whole point. You, you do. do have a way to get it But back. sometimes they don't we want all it. We all do. That's well, the, that's it's the not thing. that they don't want it. I think that, like, one of the... Not all people. Some people some literally people, don't want it. I mean, and some then, people don't want it, and then some people don't want to, like, humble themselves to say, like, I don't have it. And then some Which people is want the it. Temple that's of Anu, uh, Shrine of Mott, Infodishi, Baba Heru, the Nuwapians, all of you. You don't have it, and you don't want to admit you don't have it. But you ain't got it. <laughs> but some people want it. But then when you realize <laughs> how hard it is to get it especially when you've been swimming it's and, uncomfortable you know, bathing in something completely yeah. different now you get a little taste and then it's uncomfortable it challenges you all of that now it just shows you how easy it is to flip mm-hmm. on something that's actually yourself 
for something that you've now actually appropriated or co-opted. That's like the whole, like again, the evil genius of this whole thing is that it's the the part of you that's colonized that's going to react against your own culture. But that's the part of you that's even going to stop you from now claiming what's yours, even when there's a bridge back. Yeah. So what were you saying that I said let's come back to? Oh, you mean with the Native American thing? Yeah. So like uh, we, we got to be sure to bring, oh, I'm saying it, I'm saying it to their face this weekend the whole time. Medicata, you should be there if you can be there. I know you're, you're on bed rest right now, but, you know, we, we're going to be out there. Come see us at the International African Arts Festival if you dare, because uh, we want it and we want all the smoke. We're going to be out there next to the fire with the blanket stoking the smoke. So if you want it, you feel like you can handle it, come get it. Now, I wanna, before you start, I just want to say one thing. What it really is, though, what it boils down to, even with like those movements of, oh, indigenous to America, nation of Islam, the um, the Moors, all of these Christ, Christianity, yeah. all of these different things. What it really is is just what I guess the system will call Stockholm syndrome. Mm. <laughs> Really, it's like you've fallen in love with your oppressor and your colonizer. Right. And it you is. Fallen it is in love with their identity. Yeah. identity like they're not that bad. Yeah, that's that's yeah. all it really is. It really is kind of nice. I do like this cheeseburger. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what I wanted to say real fast is, um, it's important to know because there's a lot of there's a lot of like psyops out there about like a. Uh, we were here before Columbus and all that kind of stuff, right? Which is not necessarily inaccurate. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that we weren't technically living here. Mm -hmm. Like we would come here for things, Mm -hmm. right? So that means that you have to understand that, like, because if you say that we were living here, then it means that you can say that they came in and they overpowered us Mm -hmm. and they took over us. And that's not the way it went down is we left, we took it, and we hid it because we were like, you're not ready. Like, if you're like a high-value man or a high-value woman and you come across a bum, like a bum woman or a bum man, like, you're not going to be like, you know, let me give them, let me give them some time. You're just going to be like, you ain't ready and you're going to go away. Mm-hmm. You're going to hide it until you meet a high if you're a high value man or high value woman because there's only two genders shots fired then what you're going to do is you're going to then open it up when you come across a opposite sex that you consider a high value man or high value woman and that's what it is is that we took it and we hit it because we were like you guys are imbeciles because you guys don't understand any of the spiritual implications. You guys don't understand any of the non-material, uh, non-material realities. Mm-hmm. You guys don't understand the origins of humanity. You guys don't understand anything that's at the basis of our culture. And all you want to do is you want to chop heads off. You want to do this. You want to do that. So they hit it. They're like, nah, we're good. Like We're not going to mess with you. So they took it. They hit it. So the thing is this, is that everybody has to understand that the... This notion of like that we like this was technically our land and that the the conquistadors and all these people showed up and they took it from us. Bullshit. No, they didn't. 
we were like, hey, you can have it. Because when you actually got it, you're not willing to lose it by arguing with an idiot, arguing with a fool, or arguing with somebody that doesn't know. You're just like, no, you're good, you got it, and you go somewhere else, and you go do it. And that's what we're dealing with. So don't be mistaken with what we're talking about in terms of the comedic civilization even being on the continent of America into thinking that it is what fits into the narrative because then it gives the colonizer more power or more uh, more clout than they actually have because they have actually no real clout, but they're they're phenomenal at marketing themselves as having clout. So I just wanted to clear that up that, you know, a lot of the because a lot of that so-called history is coming from them and their universities and ideologies mm -hmm. that are there to continue the you know mental psyop on you to ensure that you don't ever actually uh you know um rise up out of Your like stockholm the syndrome. stockholm yeah. syndrome and the mm -hmm. the the number that they're doing on you so yeah i just just wanted to say that real fast before <laughs> but uh hold on Kim warrior has another has another question he said why did the comedic civilization collapse? It didn't. That's what I just explained. You don't argue with a fool. You just leave. And you take it and you hide it and you do it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But then you make sure that they don't know that you actually have it. See, again, this is, a, this is a question that is really coming from a place of misunderstanding. Because, again, we're all, we all grew up in this colonial society. And one of the main pillars that the Greek civilization runs on is aesthetics and beauty. Now, people will think that the civilization fell because it's no longer occupied or it's no longer thriving in the aesthetically beautiful way as the pyramids and all those structures, right? But The physical. The physical aspects. But spiritually, intellectually, those things still stand. Those things are still there. Those things are still used and utilized in the bushes in Merita, in the bushes in the Amazon, or wherever else indigenous people lie. Those things are still utilized. It's just the physical is just not there. And Medicata's recruiting Kim Warrior to come on the show. <laughs> can can like, we say, are you in the tri-state area? You coming on the show, Braham? <laughs> can we say it fell physically? Maybe. Well, you can't say it even fell physically. You can just say that they were like, you can have it. Yeah, because at, the, at a certain point... they're like, point, but we're going to go do it for real somewhere else, and then now you're not going to know. It's like, it's like a fly, right? A yeah. fly that keeps buzzing around, buzzing around, and you keep trying to swat the fly, and then the fly just doesn't go away. At a certain point, you're just like, fuck it. Forget it, right? Well, I would, I would almost say if you're talking about it as a culture or a cultural territory. No, that's what I'm saying. The culture didn't fall. That's but, where people have the misunderstanding because yeah, people think take the, the physical gone. aspects of it and associate it with the actual culture and Ooh. the actual principles and the values of it. But what I'm saying is that at one point this was a culture that lived in people all around the world. Mm -hmm. Almost like most people were united by this culture, right? Now we're at a point where most people are kind of controlled or being ruled over, governed by the colonizers' culture. And then there's a few pockets of people and communities who are holding on to it. So I'd say 
when you're talking about a civilization, even back then, if we're talking about the comedic culture living today, it's because the people back then and those governing the civilization back then had the foresight to know mm-hmm. that nothing's ever going to stay on top. We're living in a in a culture, or even in nature, you see that there's a rise, there's a decline, there's almost like a cyclical, you know, mm-hmm. transformation or becoming. Nothing's things rise, ever things gonna, fall, nothing yeah. stays at the top forever. Exactly, right. nothing's ever going to stay golden. But that doesn't mean that you just, you know, you let it fall and there's no way to build it back up. <laughs> right. right now, if we're talking about any of this, it's because each and every single one of us is taking that steps to build it back within us mm-hmm. so that one day maybe our kids will be, you know, having something that they can call their own, going mm-hmm. back to their roots. And then they'll have kids, you know, it keeps growing like that. You're build, rebuilding a civilization one person at a time. Mm-hmm. So I'd say something did fall for sure. Mm-hmm. Something did get conquered, but that territory was inside people. And then now there's a way to rebuild that. Mm-hmm. Once again, it comes down to people and how we relate to each other. Which shows the intelligence of the great ancestors. Mm-hmm. Because they always put they things so in far, place. Right? right, they saw so far. They put things in place to know that one day this thing will rise again. But again, it starts with people. It starts with the individual. Because individuals build families, and families build communities, and communities build cities, and cities build empires and nations. And so on, and so on, and so on. Um, Mr. Cam Warrior is asking, where can I learn some of your information? Is knowledge, brother. Same information. You want information? <laughs> you can go to the. You can go to all of those fake ass organizations that I've named. Um, but you can learn more from. You can visit any of our temples. We have many locations globally. We have two in the UK. We got one in London, one in Coventry. We have two in Canada. We got one in Toronto. We got one in Montreal. We have uh, five locations in the U.S. We have our headquarters in Chicago. We have one here in New Jersey. That's where we are. And then we have one in um, uh, Baltimore. We have one in Houston. And then we have one in New York. And um, that's where the the retreat that we were talking about is going to be. And soon to be in the Bay Area. And soon to be in the Bay Area as well. So um, there's many different. And then we have also a Temple of the Air. So even if you're not at one of our physical locations, you can join the initiation online. And then you can learn as well. So we have uh, we have a lot of different places. You can go to risingfirefly.org. You can get the philosophy podium. You can read uh, about some of the stuff that we have online, all of those things. And you can start the process of being informed. And then you can get to the point of becoming an initiate. But there's so many different ways you can get involved. Um, and you're saying... Mr. Kim Warrior come with a lot of questions tonight, which is good because, you know... You guys want to learn things, make sure you guys come and ask questions. Because if you guys don't ask questions, then we're not going to touch on things. We're just going to keep talking. Um, so you're saying, so what you're saying, the Olmec, the Olmec black or Native American? I don't know what you're asking. He's, he's asking about the Olmec civilization. Were they black? Were they Native American? So let me just say this. The thing is this. Were there people from the continent of Merita, being Africa, who came to the Americas? Yes. Were there people indigenous to the Americas? Yes. Now, in terms of culture, I'm not going to say that the entire Olmec civilization was a group of black people. That would be ridiculous. But what I will say is this, that I'm pretty sure that the Olmec civilization had very strong connections and ties to Africa or Merita and the Kemetic civilization. 
There's actually some articles written on that in the Fireflies mm -hmm. about the connection between Kemet and the Mesoamerican civilization. Mm -hmm. And I think it touches on the Olmecs. Mm -hmm. So you should check it out. Mm. Um, he's also asking... Maybe <laughs> kind of leave Cam Warrior alone. Uh, <laughs> she said, Cam Warrior, I hope you're taking notes. <laughs> um... If if you guys don't know, Medicata is an initiate, and she's one of our she's one of our favorite initiates here in New Jersey, and uh, she has a lot of a lot of time on her hands, as you can see, because she's out here just making fun of uh, making fun of people in the chat and talking to people in the chat, which is phenomenal. But uh, Medicata, leave Mr. Kemware alone. Uh, he said, "Did the comedic culture interact with aliens or UFOs?" <laughs> um, we touched on that a little bit. What do you consider a UFO? Because a UFO is an identified flying object, right? There could be so many different things that are considered UFOs, and an alien is something that's just what not human. Is that like what they boil down to in terms of what an alien is? Yeah, we interacted with a lot of non-human entities, but that doesn't mean that uh, they built the pyramids or that they came from space. Right. Yeah. The earth is huge and exactly. home to a lot more than just humans. And we say within the initiation, we say within the body of knowledge that we come from, the Dogon traditions, which is really just another way of saying comedic traditions, is that there's no empty space. So that means that everything around us is filled up. So that means that there's no empty space in the universe. That means that even when you wave your hand in the air, you think that you're not touching anything, but best believe that you're coming into contact with something. So if you're coming into contact with something, that means that there are entities that you cannot see that are around you at all times. So would you consider those aliens or not? So then the, the notion or the basis of what you would consider an alien has to change because the way that they try and get you to think about aliens is like through those aliens movies like the xenomorphs and predator alien versus predator and the prometheus films et and et e. and extraterrestrials and you kind of look like et <laughs> and uh, <laughs> see, uh, see, uh, see sometimes sometimes you just go too far no you kind of do though you, you kind of do right? uh and and things like that because that's just Hollywood. This is just Hollywood nonsense. But um, uh, Mr. Demarcus said so. Some of those alien videos are real. I, I don't know, bro. I don't know what videos you're talking about, Mr. Demarcus. Um, but uh, I'll tell you this much: yes, aliens are real, but they're not what Hollywood wants you to believe that they are. What the government wants you to believe that they are. Um. We're coming up on, I know we're, we're already past two hours. Um, you know, we want to make sure you guys keep tuning in. And uh, so we're not going to give it all away tonight. You want to learn more? There's so many different ways you can learn more. Visit one of our physical temples. Join the initiation. Help us out with our projects. We ain't got, we, we're, we're not money centric. We're not here trying to make money. If we were here trying to make money, then we wouldn't be here fighting a real revolution. Uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, don't make it about money. Come on the show. Um, so many different ways you can get involved. I know Terry Shot's tired. She's been traveling a lot, so she's looking at me like, wrap it up. I'm trying to go to sleep. And um, uh, So please, check it out. Like I said, we have so many 
so many uh, events coming up. Please, please, please do not miss the events that we have coming up. Check them out. DogonWisdom.com. Kepta-NJ.org. Check it out. So many different things going on. Please check us out. Help us out. Do whatever you want to do. You want to come on the show? Email us. New Jersey at theearthcenter.org if you're trying to come on the show I watch that email I scour that email so if you're trying to come on the show you're serious about it I will be the one to respond to you from that email and I will tell you when are you trying to come on you're more than welcome to join non-initiates we're trying to have conversations with everybody if there's people that you want to have on the show that you feel like you want to see us talk to debate you know have conversations connect with you name it whatever it is tell us who it is email us contact us we have our phone number you can call us i might even be the one to pick up the phone I might be the one to hear your voicemail. You never know. Any of us might be the one to call you back or to listen to your voicemail or to get back to you. So interact with us if you really want to learn more, you really want to you know, learn more and know more about what we do and what we are and who we are, all of those things. Because the only way that we're going to be able to you know, bridge the gaps that colonization has been building is by connecting and interacting and talking with one another. So I'd like to invite... All of my Temple of Anu brothers and sisters, the Shrine of Ma'at, Infodishi, all of you fake comedic organization people to come on the show and to talk to us and to interact with us because, you know, we got to make sure that the people know out there that you guys are all fake organizations so that people are able to actually find the real ones like us. It's been another episode of Gated Gates Podcast. Come check us out. Come interact with us. So many different things we can do.